You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Dr. Robin Gansard, and we're thrilled to be back in the new year. And in our new year, we have a very special series of shows to celebrate our best friends in our lives. You know, our best friends, they're miraculous, therapeutic, sometimes goofy, and often heroic. They can be naughty, but nice, clever, inspiring, protective, and intuitive, and they work to make our lives better. How did us humans get so lucky to have dogs as our best friends? Dogs throughout history have gone above and beyond the call of duty for us humans, saving lives on the battlefields and here at home, comforting the ill, the aged, the afflicted, bringing hope to those who have lost it, and reminding us all of the powerful age-old bond between dogs and people. And the bond with our best friends inspires us to change the world through compassion, hope, and kindness. Friends, today I'm just so thrilled to introduce two new must-have books that you must enjoy this season for all animal lovers everywhere. Chicken Soup for the Soul is releasing My Very Good, Very Bad Dog and My Very Good, Very Bad Cat. And this episode and next week's episode is devoted to these incredible books. These amazing stories are going to warm your heart, make you laugh, make you giggle out loud, and perhaps shed a few tears. And I hope the stories will encourage you to open your heart and home to adopt a new best friend from your local animal shelter or rescue group. This week's episode, as we kick off the special series devoted to Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Very Good, Very Bad Dog, and My Very Good, Very Bad Cat, the latest books, are my good friend and wonderful, wonderful author of this book, Amy Newmark. Amy, welcome to today's show, and thanks so much for your great work at Chicken Soup for the Soul. Well, thank you. We're really glad that we can use the royalties from these books to support the American Humane Association because you guys are the real heroes because you're out there making sure that these shelters and these rescue organizations can do their work and get these dogs and cats adopted. So thank you very much. We're very proud that we were able to participate with you in creating these books. Well, Amy, we have to thank you on behalf of all of us at American Humane Association for allowing us to be your partner and our listeners. That's right. Royalties from this book series goes to American Humane Association. So your wonderful buying of the book, know that that, uh, the proceeds are going to a very good cause, a cause we all share. Well, you know, I was reading these stories and just so enjoying each and every one of them, Amy. And you get the joy of putting together these books for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Tell me about what you do and how you decide what stories go into your beautiful books. It is such a fun process for us. When we put together one of these books, we put the word out to thousands of people who are on our email list who have written for us in the past. And we let them know what our new titles are. We also put the information on our website. And we typically get about 5,000 stories submitted for each book. We read every single story. And then we narrow down our list to a few hundred finalists. And then finally to the 101 stories that are in each book. So the 101 stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Very Good, Very Bad Dog, 
are really the cream of the crop. And I enjoy this process so much. I'm like the luckiest person in the world that I get to edit these stories because I read these stories and sometimes I'm tearing up a little. Often I am just laughing out loud and calling to my husband and saying, you have to hear this story. I mean, some of these stories, I can't even tell him these stories without bursting into laughter. I can't even finish telling him because I'm so tickled by them. So it's a really fun process. And the cool thing about it is even though the stories are super entertaining, we actually have an underlying mission here. And you'll find when you read our dog and cat books that we really feature animals adopted from shelters and rescues. We feature a lot of stories about black dogs and black cats pit bulls and senior dogs and senior cats, because those are the categories that are often left behind. You're absolutely right, Amy. These dogs and these cats have problems being adopted, and we know that it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous reason why what gets in people's psyche is to not adopting and embracing some of those animals, and some special needs animals, and certainly senior animals that we've talked about a lot in last year's Be Humane radio shows. You know, what I love is that you really do, you do feature these rescue animals, and you really are an incredible advocate for finding them a forever loving home. There are really 101 very special dog stories. What was one or two of your favorites? Well, the one that just had me laughing so much that I couldn't even speak was the one that I actually put as the first story in My Very Good, Very Bad Dog. And this story is called The Great Cable Caper. Mm -hmm. And it's by Ann Carson. And she writes about how she attached the leashes of her golden retriever and her Doberman to one of those heavy metal tables outside a cafe one day, went inside to get some coffee and discovered that her dogs had run off because one of them had yanked on the table by accident and then decided the table was chasing him. So the dog ran off terrified. And as he ran, he was pulling the table and he kept looking back in fear at this table that he thought was chasing him. The other dog was being dragged along, knew the table wasn't chasing them, but had to go along for the (laughs) ride because her leash was connected to it also. And this woman who says she's of a certain age was running (laughs) as fast as she could behind the two dogs, with the one looking at her like pleading, like, please stop my crazy co-dog from doing this. And the other dog looking in terror at the table that was bouncing along behind him, chasing him. Finally, a good Samaritan came out of a store after they had run several blocks with this metal table almost crashing into cars. And this good Samaritan stopped the dogs and then carried the table all the way back to the coffee shop for her. He was rewarded later with an apple pie that she went home and baked for him. But I'm able to tell the story now without laughing just because I have told it so many times now. And the other thing is in general, I mean, that's just a really funny one. And there are a lot of hysterically funny stories. But then there's so many about dogs that were being thrown away, dogs that were on the verge of being euthanized, who ended up being brought home and turning into the best therapy dogs, seizure alert dogs, dogs that became therapy animals and went to nursing homes and sat in people's laps. It's just amazing how intuitive dogs are and how these dogs that society had thrown away ended up being incredible service dogs. So true. I have to go back to your table caper story, though. That had me laughing out loud as well. 
just absolutely dying laughing because that is just so, so funny. So I love Anne's last statement in her story. She said, by the way, from that point on, Tyler and Zoe are always tied to a stationary object, such as a lamppost when they go to the coffee shop. And I just, I love that visual. She's going in to get her cup of tea or a cup of coffee that uh, she's got those dogs very safely secured as they're looking into the coffee shop waiting for her. But that was, that was a laugh out loud. And then you do, as you say, you go right from that to the ones that are so heartwarming, life affirming, you know, some of the very special stories and, you know, here also matched by photos. I love the fact that you have some photos, photos of the dogs featured in the books. And I know photos of some of the wonderful animals that your colleagues are enjoying in their homes, rescue dogs that Chicken Soup for the Soul staffers have also embraced in their homes. So this beautiful. And then you've added the cartoons. One of my favorite cartoons is one by, uh, I think it's Bruce Robinson. Honey, you put the dog out. You know what's so funny? I just turned to that cartoon. I knew you were going to say that was your favorite cartoon. (laughs) I just opened the book up to that cartoon. I was waiting for you to say that. That is so true. And you know how many stories we have in this book about people who were determined not to let the dogs on the furniture and in the bed? And in every single case, the dog ends up on the furniture and in the bed. Yes, 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 absolutely. And I think about that because I know my little dog Daisy was curled up today, not wanting to go out in the cold and the snow. And uh, I'm looking over my husband. Anybody want to put the dog out? And, you know, she's not going anywhere. <laughs> the dog that's in front of Chapter 2 is my daughter's dog, Riley, who is a very defective pug. She was available at a municipal shelter. It was a kill shelter. Nobody had wanted this pug because she's one side of her face is completely mushed in. Her tongue is hanging out. She's missing teeth on the right side. She's blind in her right eye. She's deaf in her right ear. I mean, she's a mess. And my daughter adopted her. My daughter is a physician, and so she can handle medical issues. And this dog is the best-behaved dog I have ever seen in my life, and I have seen a lot of dogs. And this dog sleeps in the bed with me when I get to be grandma and have her stay with me, snoring away incredibly loudly, making my husband look good because a little 20-pound pug can snore louder than any man, <laughs> right? But anyway, yeah, we, we all have adopted animals in the Chicken Soup for the Soul family, and so we featured a lot of them inside the book. Riley is adorable, and I have a daughter who also just loves pugs, so she's going to enjoy uh, seeing Riley's cute little face there and his tongue. His tongue coming out there is just too much fun for words. This is great. You know what I love is that, you know, certainly this is a family mission for yours, too, and you talk about your daughter and your grand dog, your grand pup there. This is really a beautiful mission for you. How would you like to see the world, Amy, for animals? You know, I actually feel like we do a better job in America than other places. Mm -hmm. And I know that's astounding because we know there are millions of dogs and cats waiting to be adopted in shelters. But then you go to other countries like Chile and you just see all these dogs roaming the streets, looking at you beseechingly with their eyes. And it's so sad. So I know we're doing a better job here than in some other countries. And at least we do some spaying and neutering in this country, but we could certainly do better than than we do now. And one thing that I am just adamant about with everybody is, please, if you want a dog, go and get it from a shelter or a rescue. There's absolutely no reason to go and buy one anywhere else. Now, maybe if you have a particular reason to go to a reputable breeder, you do that. But I tell everybody, please don't buy from a pet store because you may be getting a puppy mill dog, and that is just heart-wrenching. It's 
so horrible when you see what goes on in the puppy mills. So that's our mission is to make everybody aware of the tremendous value of dogs that are rescued and what fabulous additions they are to your family. And the interesting thing is when I talk to people, their dogs that they rescued are always their favorite dogs. There's something Mm -hmm. about a rescued dog. He or she knows that he's been rescued. Absolutely. And, you know, I always love that who rescued whom, right? Both ends of the leash benefit from this. In fact, we just have been promulgating the results of a new study that showed that these best friends of ours with four legs and fur actually are reducing health care costs for us humans. Uh, HABRI, the Human Animal Bond Research Initiative, released a groundbreaking study right before the holidays that showed that health care costs have been quantified to be reduced by $12 billion in this country because of pet owners. You know, 65% of American families have a pet, a companion animal, and those pet owners go to the doctors a lot less. They really have reduced physician office visits. And of course, there's a uh, reduction in obesity with pet owners. So both of those combined have been quantified for a healthcare savings of $12 billion. So I believe that having a, a companion animal in our home is actually making our economy even better by reducing such things as healthcare costs. We know that it makes us healthier and uh, happier. And I'm so glad to see studies going after these results and really making them known. We have numerous stories in all of our books that support that, where people report that they lost weight. Some of them enjoyed much better mental health as a result of getting a dog or a cat. We have a lot of people on the autism spectrum who have reported to us how much better they did once they got a dog or a cat. We have seniors who found a new lease on life by getting Mm -hmm. a dog or a cat because it got them moving again and it gave them something to focus on other than themselves. Those health benefits are incredible. And what we do with our stories, even though they're very entertaining, is we get those messages across. And I am sure that we've promoted a lot of adoptions of senior dogs and cats through people reading these stories and then going, Mom, I think you should get a cat or or a dog. (laughs) I definitely see that happening By the way, I wanted to mention one other thing. This is the second pair of books that we have put out that support the American Humane Association. So I wanted to make sure that your listeners know that our previous pair of dog and cat books that came out in 2014 called The Cat Did What and The Dog Did What, royalties from those books also go to the American Humane Association. So there are really four books available where you will enjoy yourself, get all of these great messages, and be supporting the AHA. Oh, that's wonderful, Amy. Thank you so much. And again, on behalf of all of us at AHA, we're honored to be a partner with Chicken Soup for the Soul and uh, certainly delighted to be part of the release of My Very Good, Very Bad Dog and My Very Good, Very Bad Cat. Amy, thanks for joining us today. I know we've got several of your contributors coming up in today's show and next week's show, which will be devoted to our feline friends. Any special closing thoughts for our listeners? Uh just want to say that we put these books together with a lot of love, and I hope that will come through when you read these stories. We really love these cats and dogs, and we're really excited to share these stories with everybody. Oh, Amy, thank you so much. Listeners, we'll be right back after this brief message for a really special story, Service with a Smile. Can't wait for that one, and uh, look forward to having the contributor with us right after this brief message. Amy, thanks so much. Thank you. You're listening to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. 
We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Well, welcome back to Pet Life Radio. You're listening to Be Humane with Dr. Robin Ganser. And this week, we're covering stories from my very good, very bad dog, the new book from Chicken Soup for the Soul. We just had a wonderful segment with Amy Newmark, who's put these terrific stories together for Chicken Soup. And I know, listeners, you all heard the love that she has for animals and certainly for rescues. And so this stories that she's put together for this edition, my very good, very bad dog, really reflect the best of compassion and kindness. And I have to tell you, our next author is stunning. The story that she has to share is simply amazing. I'm so proud to welcome to the show Kate Bells. Kate, you provided a chapter for this book, Service with a Smile, about a rescued pit bull trained as a service dog. Can you share with us your special story? Well, my neighbor from down the road showed up about 11 o'clock one night. It was 20 degrees out, and she had just closed up her business and was taking the trash to the dumpster and thought she heard something. So she climbed in and started digging and found a little box with a puppy in it about the size of a burrito. Wow. And she wrapped it inside her sweater and brought it to me and asked if I could help her with it. She knew that I'd worked at the Humane Society before and had rescued small animals like this. And we put her on a heating pad, and I sent Shirley down to the store for some goat's milk. And I mixed up some yogurt, goat's milk, and boiled rice and got it into her. She couldn't have been more than 10 days old. Her eyes were just barely open, and she was just a skeleton. The funny thing was, I've had pit bulls my entire life and had two huge ones when I met my husband. Mm -hmm. And when the last one died, I promised him I would never get any more pit bulls. So I was a little nervous about Mm -hmm. what his reaction would be when he came home and (laughs) saw this red-nosed pit bull laying on the heating pad. Wow. She spent the night sleeping on his chest. And the next morning, she woke up and I gave her some more food. She learned to eat out of the dish very quickly. And she was sharing her food with our bobtailed cat named Clyde. So my husband decided that the perfect name for her was Bonnie. Of course, Bonnie and Clyde. You got to love that. So I said, well, we really shouldn't name her because I promised you no more pit bulls. I'm just going to keep her until she's old enough to get spayed and then find her a home. And he repeated, her name is Bonnie. I love that. I have a husband who did the same thing for me. He said, no more animals. And that's when we brought Daisy into our home. And now they're best buds and they're never apart. I just love that. 
Well, I was training another dog to be my service dog, and I was trying to teach him to pick up my phone and bring it to me. Bonnie was barely able to get in and out of the recliner by herself. She had to really scramble. And I was working with Moose for about 10 minutes, and his attitude was, if you want the phone, go get the phone. I didn't put it there. Bonnie climbed down out of the recliner, walked over to the phone, picked it up, and brought it to me. Wow. That was when I decided that Moose needed a new career as a house pet, and Bonnie could be trained as a service dog. (laughs) I love that. I love that. She knew you needed that phone. That's fantastic. She just had those instincts, didn't she? She did. And she's retired now, but she has just been a marvelous dog, and she's done a lot to alleviate people's fears of pit bulls just by her attitude. She would get bulldogs by children in Walmart and beat them to death with her tail while she was drowning them with their tongue. And people who'd step back and say, that's a pit bull. It can't be a service dog. I'd send her over to pick something up, and she'd bring it back to me. And the pit bulls make the best service dogs you can get because they're so in tune with their owner's needs. That's beautiful. More so than a lot of other breeds. Well, you've been a pit bull advocate for years, and, uh, you know, what you have to share with the rest of the world about pit bulls can help change people's hearts and minds. Well, that's what I'm hoping to do with the series that I'm writing, Touring with Pit Bulls. It's a four-book series with all proceeds being donated to Pit Bull Rescue Central. And book two is just ready to be released as soon as the uh, proof copies are checked. And I'm hoping to send a lot of money to the medical fund. The group is 100% volunteer, and they help people with spay neuters, emergency medical procedures, and they do help find homes for dogs, but they don't have dogs themselves Mm -hmm. for adoption. It's strictly a paperwork, or primarily a paperwork operation. Good for you, though, for your commitment to educating and uh, certainly changing hearts and minds. I love what you wrote in your chapter. Quote, I knew that my life would change with the unexpected arrival of this tiny pit bull, but I had no idea until the day she decided to become my new service dog. Somehow she knows what I need before I know it myself. It's beautiful. She does. When I'm having a bad day, she will cuddle up as close to me as she can get and won't leave my side. You also wrote this tiny dying puppy that my neighbor fished out of a dumpster seemed to realize she had a mission to complete, and she intended to live to fulfill it. So talk to me about her mission. I believe her mission was to help me. I don't walk well, and she helps me with my balance. She picks things up that I drop. She'll bring me my phone, the TV remote, my medicine. The only thing I haven't taught her to do is open the refrigerator. (laughs) And that may be a good thing, right? (laughs) The lady who rescued Bonnie babysat my other pit bull, who is deaf. And I warned her in advance to crate her at night. Mm -hmm. Well, she didn't. Because all of her dogs slept on the bed, and she thought Fiona should, too. Well, Fiona taught all of her dogs how to open the refrigerator, and they went through an entire corned beef, a head of cabbage, two dozen (laughs) eggs, and I don't know what all. (laughs) 
that is great. That'll teach her, right? To not pay attention to those instructions. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Kate, it is such a pleasure to visit with you and to hear this great story about Bonnie, but I can't leave this segment without hearing about Clyde. How's Clyde? Uh, Clyde passed away from old age, Oh, but he was a lot of fun. He helped me with dusting, sitting in the middle of the pile to make sure I had it all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's great. Uh, That's- he and Bonnie shared their food the whole time he was with us. That's why um, they'd chase each other through the house. They were brother and sister. <laughs> I love that. I love they were Bonnie and Clyde. So that's there's a perfect name. Well, Kate, uh, on behalf of all of us at American Humane, thank you for your advocacy for rescue animals and for pit bulls. And we certainly wish you the best of luck with your Touring with Pitbull series. And again, listeners, friends, remember those proceeds are donated to Pitbull Central Rescue. Is that the right organization? Pitbull Rescue Central. Pitbull Rescue Central. That's great. 100% nonprofit volunteer organization. That's wonderful. Well, Kate, congratulations. Thanks for sharing with all of the world the great story of Bonnie and Clyde. Well, thank you for inviting me. I've enjoyed talking about Bonnie. I wish you the very best. I really appreciate everything that you folks do to help animals. Thank you. And being a lifelong rescuer, I appreciate everything you do. Oh, well, thank you. Billings Mutual, Kate, thank you so much, and keep us posted on Touring with Pitbulls. Thank you. I will. Well, listeners, this is Be Humane on Pet Life Radio with your host, Robin Gansert. We'll be right back after this brief message for another special segment of My Very Good, Very Bad Dog. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com We wear fur and we're damn proud of it. What? And our four legs and our tail and we go to the bathroom outside. Well, we may not be too proud of that. (laughs) Sniff around, then mark your spot right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. You're listening to Be Humane with Dr. Robin Gansert. Well, we're here on this week's episode talking about Chicken Soup for the Soul's brand new book, My Very Good, Very Bad Dog. 101 heartwarming and hilarious stories about our own very good, very bad dogs. 
What has that dog done now? You'll recognize your own canine companion in this heartwarming collection of stories about how very good and very bad our dogs can be. You know, we're so lucky to have dogs as our best friends. These hilarious and heartwarming stories are really rated for Paws Up, and they'll inspire the dog lover in all of us. Well, our next segment features another contributor, a wonderful story shared by Pat Waller. Her chapter is titled, When the Dogs Come, about a shelter dog being adopted and transforming into a therapy dog. This is a great, great story, Pat, and we're so glad that you've joined us for this episode of Pet Life Radio, Be Humane. I look forward to hearing more about the story that you shared, and I know you've also been a contributor to 10 previous Chicken Soup for the Soul books. That's amazing, Pat. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Well, Pat, I know you live in Missouri and you draw your inspiration for writing from family, friends, and the critters who you spend time with. Tell us a little bit about your chapter, When the Dogs Come. Well, this story actually involves a dog I adopted a few years ago from our local shelter. She was an adult dog, a black miniature schnauzer, an older adult dog. They didn't know the exact age of the dog because she'd been abandoned at the shelter. However, she was a very shy dog, always kept her head down, tail tucked under, kind of frightened of strangers, that sort of thing. I mean, she got to know me and was comfortable with me, but she was shy around other people. So the adoption counselor suggested that I take her to obedience classes to help build her confidence. Now, I had never done any kind of training classes before and thought, I don't know, why are you asking me to do this? I, I didn't feel comfortable with it, but decided that it was, you know, to go ahead and do it for Ebony's sake, it was some, if it was something that was going to help her, then I wanted to do it. So I signed up. We went to the first class and it was more or less a disaster. We were tangling around each other and obvious that neither one of us knew what we were doing, especially since other people in the class looked like they'd had some prior experience with doing dog training. So it was very frustrating to me and I was I really didn't want to go back. But uh-huh. we'd already paid yeah, we'd already paid for the classes. <laughs> so we thought, yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna at least finish this the classes that we paid for. So we, you know, I tried to spend a little more time in the evenings really working on practicing the basic commands. And lo and behold, as the, you know, the days went by, we were getting better. And it finally got to the point where things started to fall into place and she actually was responding to the basic commands, knew to sit, the stay, the down. It was kind of exciting. But the best thing that I noticed was after completing this class, she was so much more confident. Her head was up. Her tail was up. She had a little prance in her walk. So it really was a an amazing transformation for me to see. And I was sold. So we signed up for the next, or I signed us up for the next class. We went through that. And then we actually were able to do and complete a canine good citizen class. And she earned her Canine Good Citizen title, which was really exciting. That's the trainer, great. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. The trainer suggested that she had such a sweet personality that she'd be good on their pet visiting team, which in theory sounded like a great idea. I thought she'd do a great job because she had become so much more comfortable around people and really enjoyed being petted. But I didn't know how I would handle it because I had zero experience around mm-hmm. elderly, frail ill people who couldn't be in their own homes anymore and just, again, thought, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. But it sounded a little on the selfish side to say no. So I 
say, hey, we'll at least try it once. So we walked in on the first day, and sure enough, there was a, a meeting room just completely filled with people who were, they just lit up when we came in the room. I saw a lady in a wheelchair off to the side, so I don't really know how to do this, but I will walk over there and bring my dog. So we walked to her, and I just said, would you like to pet my dog? Now, she didn't say anything. She just kept her eyes on Ebony and was patting her lap, which even I understood what that meant. So I picked Ebony up and put her on the woman's lap, and she started petting Ebony and just saying the same words, just like Sadie, just like Sadie. I assume... She must have had a dog at some point in her life named Sadie. The activity director came over and told me that the woman's name was Berta. And she had trouble remembering things, but always loved whenever the dogs came to visit. Wow. Ebony was, yeah, Ebony was good as gold, just sat there and let her, and let Berta pet her. And Berta just talked to her and talked to her and petted her. And it, it was just really kind of an amazing thing to see. And, and then I realized it really mattered what I said or did, all that mattered, what was going on, the connection between this woman and my little dog. So we were, again, sold on the pet visits, and we started going every single week. I guess the experience showed me this is a perfect testament to the connection between people and dogs. Every time you go, the room lit up. Everyone was happy. Everyone's spirits were lifted. It was just an awesome experience. And I, I'd recommend pet therapy to anyone who has a dog or a cat even that's, that's able to do that kind of work. Well, Pat, your, one of your statements in your chapter says, I realized being part of a pet visiting team didn't require extraordinary skill. It only took a smile, an open heart, and the healing power of a dog's love. That's just a beautiful statement. And it's absolutely true. It's astonishing. Until you see it happen, it's hard to imagine until you see it happen, but animals that do therapy work, that do these visits, are incredible. And it's just an amazing thing to see it in action. That's terrific. Well, Pat, we are so glad to have your story featured on Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. It really gives our listeners a chance to see more insights into this very special book. You've written and contributed now to 10 Chicken Soup for the Soul books. How has this experience been for you? I love working with the chicken soup people. They're wonderful. And it's interesting to sit down and think about. I think often we do things and we have experiences in our lives and we don't really sit down and think overthink too much about them. We, we tend to, okay, that happened and that was cool. But it's a wonderful thing to sit in and really kind of dissect it and think about it and bring some kind of meaning out of what that experience was for me. And I've really enjoyed the opportunity to be able to do that and share my experiences and my take on my experiences with other people. It's a wonderful thing. Wonderful, Pat. Well, listeners, this episode of uh, American Humane Association's Be Humane on Pet Life Radio gives us a chance to celebrate the dogs in our lives. From clever dogs that sneak food to heroic dogs that save lives. From dogs that chew shoes to intuitive dogs that repair families. From those goofy dogs that crack us up to nurturing dogs that act like therapists. You'll have a new appreciation for your very own dog's unique skills. And you know what I love about this book series? With a special emphasis on the joy of adopting dogs from shelters, these stories will make you laugh out loud and maybe even shed a tear or two. 
and your purchase goes to help the support of American Humane Association. So it's uh, certainly a win for the animals and a win for you. You've been listening to this week's episode of Pet Life Radio as we celebrate Chicken Soup for the Souls, my very good, very bad dog. I hope you'll go out to a bookstore and buy yourself a copy. It'll be a, a book that you will enjoy reading this winter. Thanks so much for tuning in. Next week's episode will feature our companion book from Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Very Good, Very Bad Cat. This is Dr. Robin Ganser. You've been listening to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. Stay tuned to next week. And remember this week and every week, let's be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.